This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 271 on Now You Know. We are brought to you, as always, by our amazing Patreon patrons. Support creating independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know, and there you'll find some awesome perks. This week's episode is sponsored by Blinkist. There are so many books to read in the world and so little time. Did you know that most readers will barely get through a thousand books in their lifetime? Well, I know a way you can get through more. Oh, what? You're going to tell me to read a book a day for the rest of your life. But guess what? That's only like 18,000 books if I read one a day for the rest of my life. But there are nearly 130 million books written. I would need 7,000 lifetimes. Nope, I'm not going to tell you to read one book a day. I am going to tell you how to get all the important takeaways from a book in about 15 minutes. Oh, what? Speed reading? No. By using Blinkist, our sponsors for today's show. Blinkist allows you to get to the heart of a book in minutes, allowing you to get the most important points out while saving hours of time. For instance, I just blinked Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Oh, yeah. And he lived through the concentration camps in World War II, right? I mean, I've been wanting to read that book. Yeah, it's been on my book list forever. So when I came across it on Blinkist, I blinked it. And at this pace, I'm on track to get through thousands more books than I normally could. And we're not the only ones who've realized this. Blinkist has 14 million active users. And if you blink a book that interests you and you want to read the whole thing, Blinkist also has full-length audiobooks with premium subscribers getting special member pricing up to 65% off the regular retail price. And the same goes for podcasts. Blinkist now has shortcasts. They've teamed up with popular podcast creators to blink those for you, too, so you can get to the heart of a podcast episode fast. And I love that so many of Blinkist's selections are available to listen to in addition to reading them, so I can listen in the car or on a walk or while cooking. The first 100 people to use our link are going to get unlimited access for one week to try out Blinkist. And you'll also get 25% off if you want to try the full membership. And the seven-day trial is completely free. You can cancel at any time during that period. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. All right, so we teased you with a thumbnail about it last week, and this week it was confirmed. In the SEC filings, Elon Musk has sold about $5 billion worth of Tesla stock, and more is expected to be sold this week. Wait, so this means that the stock we bought last week was Elon's stock? We now own stock that Elon once owned. Did he sign it? Should we frame it? Maybe. Uh, remember last week we reported on Elon's Twitter poll, which was asking if he should sell 10% of his Tesla stock. Well, it appears he has, or he's at least in the process of doing that. And many have asked all sorts of technical questions about the tax implications. Let's just cut to the chase and hear directly from Elon. A careful observer would note, that my low basis share sale rate significantly exceeds my 10 billion high basis option exercise rate, thus closer to tax maximization than minimization. And as Dave Lee put it, amazing tax maximization strategy, something literally no billionaire would do. Okay, wait, so I'm a little confused. 
normally when you're doing stuff with money, you want to lower your tax. You want to put right. yourself in a lower tax bracket. You want to deduct. What did Elon mean in his tweet? That was a very cryptic tweet. Yeah. So many people shared tax strategies where Elon could have sold certain stock options and saved about $4 billion. Did he do it? No, it appears he sold stock in a way that maximizes his taxes. Now, why would any red-blooded American pay more tax than they should? So wait, he's actually purposefully doing a tax strategy that's going to increase the amount of tax that he has to pay? That's what it appears to be. So, I mean, I think that this is very important to Elon, that he doesn't appear to be one of these billionaires that uses every loophole in the book and ends up paying less taxes than like the average American. Because, um, you know, there are those corporations that pay less than someone who earns like minimum wage every year. Right. Exactly. Elon exercised 2.15 million options of Tesla stock at a strike price of $6.24. That's about $2.3 billion worth of stock that Elon got from his compensation plan. But as Tesla wrote in its SEC filing, the shares of common stock were sold solely to satisfy the reporting person's tax withholding obligations related to the exercise of stock options to purchase 2,154,572 shares as reported herein. So there you have it. He basically sold stock to pay the tax. How much tax are we talking about? Yeah, we reported on it last week. We're talking, well, we don't know exactly, but it's probably in the area of 15 to $20 billion. Because remember, uh, if you add up the state and the federal tax, uh, Elon owes more than 50% in tax. Wow. Yeah, and, so and he actually isn't going like, oh, well, I'll just put it on some offshore account and you're never going to see it, Uncle Sam. Uh, he's actually paying his tax. Yeah. All right. So this next story, I still can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, we've been touting our friends at A Better Root Planner for years because they were basically the only ones that up until now had figured out how to offer waypoints for navigation for EVs. But this week, Tesla announced that they have finally added waypoints to Tesla's navigation as part of the 2021.40.5 over-the-air software update, saying, add a new stop to your route by tapping the plus icon on the navigation search button and searching for a destination or selecting a pin on the map. Now, the reason why waypoints are so important is that this is how EV drivers drive in the real world. Yeah, I mean, you can get in your car and just drive to one place, but often, especially on longer trips, you need to stop on your way or to pick someone up or drop something off or whatever. Or maybe you're making a round trip and you want to make sure that you have enough juice in your battery. And this is why for years we have been such huge fans of a better route planner. Not only does a better route planner have a ton of cool features for EV drivers, but they have waypoints. So it's good to see that Tesla has finally got to it. Now, I asked a Better Route Planner CEO, Bo Lincoln, what he thinks about Tesla's new waypoints. And Bo said, I'm happy that Tesla finally gives their owners what they have needed for a long time. For planning outside of the car and outside of the Tesla network, with tons of waypoints and parameters to tune the trip to your preferences, there is still a Better Route Planner. And Bo brings up a good point. Most of the time, you want to plan your route before you get in the car to make sure that you can charge up before you leave. Um, a better route planner lets you do that and then hop in your car, call off the trip with the waypoints, of course. Now, use our link in the show notes below to get a 30-day free trial to a better route planner premium. Because, like, I was in my car this morning and it still didn't have waypoints. Hey, did you know that it only takes one second to hit the like button? That's all it took. Good job. Northvolt, the Swedish battery startup, claimed last week that it has produced the first battery cell with a cathode built, quote, 100% 
from recycled nickel, manganese, and cobalt. Now, Northvolt has plans to produce cells with 50% recycled material by 2030, recycling 125,000 tons of batteries to produce 30 gigawatt hours of new battery cells per year. To achieve this, Northvolt is going to build a new recycling plant right next to its ET battery factory in Skelftia, Sweden, saying, with construction beginning in Q1 2022 and operations in 2023, the recycling plant will receive incoming material for recycling from two sources, end-of-life batteries from electric vehicles and production scrap from Northvolt ET. Smart. I mean, battery recycling means less mining, potentially less cost and less waste. Hey, governments, you want to speed this up? Let's pass recycling incentives. I mean, that means you, yes, you watching, should tell your elected officials that you have a new law you want passed, a battery recycling incentive law. Because let's face it, where do laws come from? They come from us, the people. Right. We recommend them to our lawmakers. They introduce them into Congress and so forth, and then they get passed. Because your lawmakers are busy passing laws and adding pork to them. And so if you reach out to them, tell them about some great thing that you want to do, then maybe, just maybe, they could become a law. Maybe they'd even name it after you. Probably not. It's probably going to be called the the Battery Act for the Battery Acceleration Tactical Tentative Energy Reserve. Yes! Initiative. <laughs> So the electric startup Rivian IPO'd last Wednesday. Uh, they are now RIVN on the NASDAQ, and they raised about $10 billion in the IPO. They popped from $78 a share to $99 a share at closing. Now, Rivian has 54,000 reservations for the R1T and the R1S, but according to Rivian's SEC filings, because now they're a public company and they have to file those, they intend to deliver about 1,000 R1Ts and 15 R1Ss by the end of this year. And so far, they've delivered 145 R1Ts delivered in October. I did the math, that's about 4.6 a day. Uh, and keep in mind that all of these so far have been delivered to early employees as beta vehicles. So this IPO values Rivian at about $100 billion, making it the eighth most valuable auto company in the world. Now, Sam tweeted out, when Tesla IPO'd at a value of $1.7 they had been selling Roadsters for two years and had stunned the world with the Model S reveal the year before. No criticism of Rivian, but 24 hours into the IPO and Rivian is worth $100 billion with zero revenue, a sign of the times, Elon? This is kind of interesting because they are burning about a billion dollars a quarter. And so they really needed that money. <laughs> they really needed that money to keep them afloat. Of course, they could have gone to Uncle Jeff or and said, oh, Jeff, we need more money. And I'm sure Jeff would have gone, well, anything to stick it to Elon or Ford. I mean, which owns 12 percent of the company. Wow. Uh, Rivian said they're aiming for a million run rate by 2030, which I thought was interesting. You know, now they have to file SEC filings and mm -hmm. give all these things. And. Uh, a million run rate, well, Tesla's at a million run rate this year. And so if you look back at how many years it took Tesla to get to this point and how much hard work it took, I mean, is it realistic that they'll get to a million run rate by 2030? And I mean, with this valuation, it seems like people are already expecting them to have this run rate. But with this valuation, hey, at least you don't have to worry about money, right, man? Let's get that juice bar up and running. It's already up and running. <laughs> it's been up and running for a while. Uh, Rivian has 100,000 orders for its Amazon van. And Elon got back to Sam. He said, I hope they're able to achieve high production and break even cash flow. That is the true test. There have been hundreds of automotive startups, both electric and combustion, but Tesla is the only American car maker to reach high volume production and positive cash flow in the past 100 years. I think we all know what Elon's saying there. So it appears that the made in China Model Y is now getting more range at a cost of acceleration. The base rear-wheel drive Model Y, a variant that is not offered in the U.S., just got a range increase of 20 kilometers, from 525 kilometers to 545 kilometers. That's 
339 miles. Wait, for the base model? Oh, you know what? This is the CLTC standard, the Chinese standard. Um, so oh, it's okay. not it's not real. Okay, so it's a very rosy, but it went up. It went up. But the zero to 60 time decreased from 5.6 seconds to 6.9 seconds. Ooh, that's mm. kind of slow. I mean, this is the, you can still get the performance if you want the performance. Sure. And you did get some more range. Yeah, my guess is that Tesla altered the throttle curves to slow the acceleration, which would benefit range. Because as all of us EV drivers know, fast acceleration takes its toll on range. This update also dropped the standard range designation, and now the base variant is just called the Model Y. Kind of like what we saw last week with the Model 3. Yes. Uh, yeah, we all know by now that Tesla is using LFP batteries in its made in China Model 3s and Model Ys. LFP batteries have lower energy density, but are cheaper. So by playing with the throttle curve, you can affect range, but be careful, Tesla. I mean, I haven't driven one of these new Model Ys with the slower acceleration yet, but remember why we love EVs, right? Um, and I feel like you should give the driver that choice by choosing chill mm. instead of just forcing it on us. I don't know exactly what's going on there. I don't know if they were trying to like hit some incentive where they needed to hit a particular range, um, because in that case, go right ahead, Tesla. If I can get a cheaper base Model Y, you know, if that's going to save me some amount of mm -hmm. money, that would be great. Now, I haven't heard of which particular incentive that might be for or if it is for that at all. But I mean, it's not the end of the world because if you want if you really did want a faster car, 6.9 seconds is pretty good. In the grand scheme of things, it's pretty good. Okay. Tesla has again increased the price of the Model Y in the U.S. You must be reading last week's script. I mean, we already reported on this last week. Remember, the Model no, Y no, increase. No, it's no, I know. This is a new story from this week. This is the eighth price increase of 2021. Tesla has increased the price of both variants of the U.S. Model Y by $1,000. So that would mean that the Model Y long-range dual motor price went from 57990 to 58990 Yep. And that would be that the performance went from 62,990 to 63,990. I was wondering, I mean, do you think Tesla's doing this slowly like this because people who are on the fence waiting for the incentive to finally go through Congress are waiting and this is saying to them, you can wait, but the price will keep going up. So it kind of forces them off the fence. I don't know what this does because as soon as they went higher than the $7,500 that you're probably going to be getting off. You, like immediately as a buyer, I'm going, OK, well, I was waiting for the incentive anyway. Mm -hmm. This just means that I'm definitely going to wait for the incentive. I guess people were kind of hoping that they weren't going to be going up and up and up and up right. all the way up to the to the incentive amount, because that kind of stinks for people. It's like, well, wh why? Yeah. I mean, I think Tesla's like we've been selling the three and Y like hotcakes for a couple of years now without any federal tax incentives. So let's just increase our prices and take advantage of the added margin. If we need to, at some point, we'll lower the prices again. No, that is a really good point. I mean, they do not have a demand problem. No. Uh, despite what you may hear from a couple of dummies, uh, they do not have a demand problem. And you can just check that for yourself by going on the Tesla website and trying to order a car. Yep. It's months and months and months before you're going to get it. That means they don't have a demand problem. That means that basically they have something that everyone wants. When demand is high, hmm. what does that do to the price? Oh, I took economics in college. Yeah, the one the one thing that, <laughs> that you take away is supply and demand. That's it, right? So as they still have a limited supply and the demand is super high, you can raise the price. Now, later on, if people are going to go like, oh, I'm just going to go buy the the flipper snapper, uh, that, that car is great. Tesla can has a huge buffer, has a $7,500 buffer that they can go, oh, actually, clunk, 
price goes, oh, yeah, you want to buy a cheap Model Y, uh, step right up. And it's because, I mean, I went to the Father Guido Sarducci School of Economics, and remember what he said. Supply and demand. <laughs> so Elon has touted the fact that there haven't been any reported accidents of a Tesla on the full self-driving beta program. Well, a new complaint has been filed, supposedly, by a Tesla Model Y owner in Brea, California, saying the vehicle was in full self-driving beta mode, and while taking a left turn, the car went into the wrong lane, and I was hit by another driver in the lane next to my lane. The car gave an alert halfway through the turn, so I tried to turn the wheel to avoid it from going into the wrong lane, but the car by itself took control and forced itself into the incorrect lane, creating an unsafe maneuver, putting everyone involved at risk. Car is severely damaged on the driver's side. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Keep in mind that anyone can file a complaint on the NHTSA website. I checked it out. Um, Also important to note that by the owner's own words, it shows that their complaint is false on its face. Quote, I tried to turn the wheel to avoid from going into the wrong lane, but the car by itself took control and forced itself into the incorrect lane. I want to crash you. This is either A, a troll guy, a faker liar guy, or it's someone who wasn't paying attention and is now trying to cover for themselves. You can't do that like the you can always take over control of the wheel we've seen it we've seen it plenty of times they're never like oh my god oh it's one of those times where the car drives itself and it won't let me drive it that doesn't happen i haven't seen a single example of that happening if this wasn't gordon johnson uh then this is the kind of person elon was worried about Uh, being on the program and is going to potentially set back the safety of autonomous cars for everyone. So shame on you, because that is you're lying. You're lying. I mean, I listen, you're right. There could be some case where like there was some variable that was switched on, like don't let driver ever take control. It wasn't, though. You know that it was. And the other thing is, it says right there, you're on a driver assist program. Keep your hands on the wheel at all times. You know that it's doing something that it's new at. Look, if you really were driving this and you're not a troll, then you were obviously not paying attention and you didn't see what was going on to the last possible second. That means you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing and you were supposed to be driving the car. Because this is the pulling into the wrong lane is not something that like is out of the ordinary. They right. they pretty much explicitly tell you right. when you get full self-driving that it's not a fully self-driving system. You are in control. You have to take over. It's your responsibility to do so. Um, and by going to NHTSA about this, it's like you want to you want the government to what right code for full self-driving or do you want the government to just shut this program down so that we can't have safer cars because by the time they finish their investigation tesla's going to be on three versions of the software they were yes already a already fixed it and b um you're just going to create a whole bunch of fud of dumb people who don't understand that tesla's moving at like lightning speed and they're going to go well i heard that there was a crash on and and look you asked to be on this program right you're going to be an and not do what you're supposed to do, then please don't be a goddamn beta tester. And that goes for all of you listening. I'm yeah. not, point, I'm not, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Not mad at you. But like, don't just be an idiot and yeah. then be like, it wasn't my fault the car was, well, I did it, pulled it out of my hands. Not true. But hey, if you think that we're just a bunch of lousy Tesla fanboys, let's talk about this story. Yeah. In the past week, many new owners of Model 3 and Model Y have reported getting their new cars without USB-C ports due to the global supply shortages. Some Tesla owners were told in advance 
and others found out by driving home and then discovering that they had missing USB ports. And in some cases, the wireless chargers were also missing. Look, we get it. Tesla doesn't want to hold up the delivery of a car just because they're waiting on a USB port. But this is where proper communication with customers comes in, something that Tesla is very spotty at. Instead of this story coming out as it has, making customers upset and making Tesla look bad, they could have played it like this. Hey, so I'm about to buy this Model Y. So glad you're buying our car. Just wanted to let you know uh -huh. that uh, there's a missing USB port. That's going to be coming in about a month. We're going to have it all fixed for you when you drive it back in. And to make it up to you, we're going to give you some free swag and a thousand free supercharger miles for being such a great sport about it. Oh, of course. I mean, well, thank you so much for being able to deliver my car early. And I understand that I, you know, I can just charge my phone at home. Um, and yeah, the, you're going to get the ports in and it sounds like this is all going to be taken care of. All taken care of. Thanks so much for being such a great understanding customer. Oh, thank you. That's great. And oh, wow. Oh, thank you for the hat and the shirt. And uh, yeah, Supercharger Miles. Thank you so much. Great. See? Easy This peasy. is why Tesla needs <laughs> VPs of special operations. Need... Instead of angry customers, you have happy customers. And what did it take? Nothing. It's it took basically right. some T-shirts and a thousand free supercharger you miles. Could have done it with nothing. Like as, as yeah, long exactly. As Just knew ahead of time. Exactly. And as long as it was like in writing, but, where they say, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna fix this for you." Talk about fairness. Right. We all don't like it when we think something's unfair. And if you're hiding something from someone, that's like inherently unfair. So when they get home and they find missing things that they weren't told about, people immediately go from happy to angry. Right. And, and this again, comes down to maybe not even communication with the customer because maybe the delivery person didn't know that the things right. were missing. That's just a slot in plastic. So like, how would you know if you weren't like, okay, I'm going through the 47 point check, which I guess maybe people expect because you go to the dealer and they're like, well, we do a 148 point inspection. I'm sure it's like coming from the factory with missing stuff. This, the you know delivery department gets it. They don't know that there's missing stuff. Communication. Communication. Basic stuff. There's room for Tesla to, to improve. I think that this is all going to be taken care of. It's just the way you take care of it is in most cases more important than if you take care of it or not. Hey, and if you want to share this story with a friend of yours, but you don't want to share the entire one hour long episode of, of Tesla Time News, head on over to the Now You Know Clips channel. We chopped it into little bite-sized pieces that you can easily share. All right, so according to the Austin Business Journal, an LLC called Horse Ranch LLC just purchased at least 300 acres on the other side of the Colorado River from the Tesla Austin Gigafactory site. Now you might be saying that LLC could be anybody. It could except that Jared Birchall is listed as the manager of the LLC. And you know who Jared Birchall is? No. He is one of Elon Musk's most trusted associates. In fact, Jared heads Elon's family office and was listed as the original CEO, CFO, and president of Neuralink and Boring Company. So wait, does this mean that Elon is buying property on the other side of the Colorado River near Gigafactory? Yeah, let's pull up a map. Okay. Um, now, you did a little research here, right? I did. So it could be as much as 600 acres. We don't have uh, proof of that yet. Yeah. We only have proof of about 300 acres. But uh, what are your conjectures here? So if they're buying off from the same person, mm -hmm. I did a little GIS research, um, it could be this whole area here. So it's kind of like a little peninsula carved out by the Colorado River um, with some wetland and stuff. Um, now, there is a horse ranch already on it which makes sense why you'd call it Horse Ranch LLC. And there's like a field. It's also next to a water treatment plant. Um, which is good because that means that's always going to be owned by the city. It is a large parcel, so there are places that are far away from it. Mm -hmm. 
So I did a little bit of uh, dream journaling here. I played Elon Musk and uh -huh. I said, what would I do with this land if I'm oh, okay. buying it? And it makes sense that he'd be buying it because here's what I would do. Okay. I would have a little bridge that goes from the parking lot of the Gigafactory oh, nice. over to this little peninsula, mm -hmm. make that into a nice little park, Ooh, right? Nice and natural. Like he said that he wanted yes, to have I an ecological that. paradise. Yep. That looks like it, my friend. Okay. Then you have the horse ranch. Keep it. Wow. You named it Horse Ranch LLC. So you, you could have horses walk through the ecological paradise? You could. Maybe the employees can... Like get free rental horse rentals oh my to goodness. go for a little horse ride that on their be, break. That would be nice. That'd be kind of nice, or just you know a little a little date for the employees. Yeah. You know, take their take their significant others out. Um, then there's that whole field solar solar field because that kind of that kind of pushes you back away from uh -huh. the water treatment plant. Gotcha. It's a now, buffer. There is also a house on this other little peninsula section. Is that where you're going to live? Yeah, I mean, I think that that could be Elon's little uh, hideout. Little hideout. I mean, we know that he lives in a little boxable, like, piece of crap on <laughs> in Boca Chica, so he doesn't need much. We know that he doesn't he need He could have, much. like, three of them here. Because he could, <laughs> right, for uh, him and X and uh, I think and you guys Grimes should comment down below, like, what you would do with this land. Is it like Jesse, or would you, you know, do something else? Right. I mean, it could be that he's just, like, going to make it all for us. Or, also, you know. it could be one of his other companies. I mean, it could be the headquarters for a boring company or something. It Who could knows? be. It could be. I yeah. don't know. So yeah, comment down below. What would you do? Hey, and Tesla Time News is sponsored by Cybertruck Owners Club. There you're going to find a crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions like this one, uh, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. I mean, because it could be a Cybertruck park. So Jesse and Ethan just reviewed the Osa and Osa Light motorbikes on our Now Let's Review channel. What a fun job you have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ethan and I got to ride on super awesome Swedish e-motorcycles. But seriously, someone has to do it, right? Because A, we want to let the world know about cool new e-mobility machines. And B, there are pros and cons because you and Ethan ride so many of these you kind of know what to look for. Exactly. Go check out our review of the Osa and Osa Light by Cake to find out if these two new e-motorbikes could be right for you. We run through all the stats and features and how they perform during our test drives, both in the city, rural roads, and off-road as well. Head on over there and just leave a little comment like, oh, hi, Jesse. It'd be fun. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate that. That'd be fun. Okay, so we just came out with two new in-depths about China is coming, right? And I think we made a pretty strong argument for the Chinese tidal wave that is coming ashore here in the U.S. And we did it all without talking about this, Jesse. Oh, uh, pickup trucks. Yeah, Chinese pickup trucks. But of course, in the EV world, things change quickly. And that's why you need to stay on top of things by watching Tesla Time News. And this week, Chinese automaker Candy announced the dual motor four-wheel drive K32 being launched in the U.S. early next year. Wow. So a Chinese electric pickup truck. Yes and no. Oh, so it's not electric? Well, it is electric, but it's not a pickup truck. It look it looks like a pickup truck. Well, Candy is calling it an off-road UTV or utility terrain vehicle. And that's because I think it hasn't gotten DOT approval to be uh, like road legal yet. Okay, but wait, UTVs usually look like this, not like a roadworthy pickup truck. Right. Yeah. Well, let's check out the stats. Okay. All right. So there's two variants. There's the base model that'll cost $27,700. It'll have a 21 kilowatt motor, 21 kilowatt hour battery pack, and a range of 60 miles. So not a lot. Uh, <laughs> the long range will have a 50 kilowatt hour pack and 150 miles of range and cost $34,500. Both can only charge at level two. So it, it'll take seven and a half hours to charge to full. Both have a top speed of 65 miles an hour. Okay. 
Uh, so a couple things. <laughs> First of all, the 21 kilowatt motor. My Nissan Leaf has a 80 kilowatt motor, <laughs> yeah. and it came out uh, like seven years ago. Yeah, it's a pretty wimpy motor. Okay. Um, but maybe they geared it differently yeah. because it doesn't, cause like my leaf can go 95 miles an hour. Right. No, you're right. If they geared it lower for ranchers and farmers just to get around, you know, at lower speeds, that could be true. Okay. Uh, the other thing is it has 17 inch tires. Mm. That's smaller than my model three tires. I was wondering why it looks weird. I think it's because the tires are so small. Now, I mean, you might be able to put bigger wheels on it. I mean, if, let's face it. People will put bigger wheels on yeah, it. Yeah. I just don't know if they'll fit, but okay. But uh, so you're not supposed to drive on the road with this. That's I, why it's I don't, a UTV. I couldn't find anything on Candy's website saying that it was actually road legal yet. Okay. So then does this mean that we get the tax incentive? That's what's not clear. They only talk about state tax incentives because I don't think this would qualify for the federal yet. Okay. So, I mean, $27,700, no tax incentive. And they're only selling in Texas right now. Uh, right, they have a dealership in Texas. So I mean, this is the this is all we're talking about at the moment. At the moment, okay. I don't know if there's state incentives in Texas for electric <laughs> UTVs. Uh, Why don't you try going down to your town hall and see if they laugh? At right you? now, you might be saying like, "Wow, how did how did Candy ramp up production of a full pickup truck?" I was wondering about and that. And how did the and and they're gonna just sell it as a UTV, not even an yeah? Because doesn't vehicle? it take years to design a new uh, model? Well, they didn't do that. <laughs> This is a, a pre-existing car body. This is the Chinese company Foday's Lion F22 pickup truck body, which they sell in China and Malaysia. And basically, they I think what Candy did is just they put in a bunch of candy components. Wait, it's a gas-powered truck? Um, yes, it is gas-powered. But now it is an electric-powered truck uh, because Candy's making it electric. Um, of course, don't call it a truck or you may find yourself in legal trouble there, buddy. It's, it's a, a UTV. UTV. Okay, well, that may not be a pickup truck, but according to Liu Yang, reporter for the Financial Associated Press, Chinese automaker Geely is planning on making high-end electric pickup trucks starting next year to compete with Rivian's R1T. Geely is in the process of establishing an independent pickup truck brand and wants to release high-end electric pickup trucks as early as the second half of next year. Now, that should be about the time I get my Rivian. <laughs> Um, Geely is pretty serious about making and selling EVs. They came out with their Smart Geely 2025 strategy, which is a goal for 3.6 million vehicles sold by 2025. That would be 10,000 vehicles per day. Now, Geely's goal is to have sold 600,000 units outside of China by 2025. Now, if you're going to make an electric pickup truck, why not also make an electric semi truck while you're at it? Geely's Verizon Auto Division has announced last week that they plan to launch this the home truck in 2024. The home truck? Verizon says the home truck is named after the original aspiration of its creators to make a semi-truck that feels like home, meaning the living and emotional needs of its drivers. Semi-truck drivers around the world spend an inordinate amount of time in their vehicles, often more so than they do at home. The mobile space created by the home truck integrates work, life, and entertainment, satisfying the vital needs of the driver. What I find really interesting about their press release on this is that Verizon doesn't mention anything about L5 autonomy. It's just L4. And so they're still talking about drivers and driver comfort and using LiDAR. And I mean, just take a look at some of the features on the truck. So I get that there's a sink and uh, and like a cooktop. That's really cool. But that's on the outside of the car. Wait, so like when you stop to charge? You... So like, is this at a truck stop? You're going to be guess. outside 
of the truck cooking? I guess. Doing your dishes? I don't know. Look, I'm not a trucker. I don't know. So um, also just while we're talking about the silly video they put out, uh, what are those wide lanes in the video <laughs> that are that are driving through CGI land? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Wide lanes. This is so luxurious. Mm, yeah. Um, and also, I don't know, but maybe it's just me. Uh, maybe don't have hot tea in open cups while you're driving. Well, I mean, have you seen the lanes, though? There's plenty <laughs> of room. They're so wide. So Subaru has finally unveiled their first electric car, the Solterra. Hang on. Isn't that the Toyota BZ4X? What? No, we're talking about Subaru, the Solterra. No, no, no. We talked about this last week. That's the Toyota BZ4X, I swear. Okay, Zach. <laughs> anyway, the Subaru Solterra will feature a spacious interior. Wait, whoa, whoa. Are you kidding me? That's not the Solterra. This is the Toyota BZ4X. What are you talking about? Do you remember last week we covered Toyota's first electric car division? This is what it looks like. Well, yes, it does look similar. <laughs> um, But, and, and, and. It is built on the exact same platform because Subaru and Toyota teamed up to build the same car on the same platform, and they just didn't... So you just admitted it. Well, um, it's... Have you seen the taillights? Slightly, slightly different. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's a different car. It's it's different. Look, the wheels on the right on the on the. Wouldn't on you the be Toyota. embarrassed if you were Subaru and you're like, we're going to have the exact same car as Toyota? Um, I thought the whole point of Subaru was that they made their own cars. Well, like, what's the point of having a car company if it's this <laughs> if it's someone else's car? It's slightly different, first of all. Second of all, they're selling this in Japan. Yeah, so that's why the wheel is on the right. Okay, so they're starting production in Japan. Maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna paint something on the side of it that makes it look a little more different. So I don't know what to tell you. I was, I mean, look. They kept leaking. Remember Subaru kept leaking Solterra pictures mm -hmm. and when there's like you'd get a little glimpse and a it's glimpse. It's in a raindrop and it's right. upside down. And that was to hide the fact that they just copy pasted their friend's homework. Um, I I just, I understand you can make the Subaru, same Subaru, Toyota, yeah. come here. I want to see you after class. <laughs> Do you know what plagiarism is? Uh, no, okay. So I know that they have an understanding about this, but how do you with a straight face like at the dealership, I, how do you go like, all right, you're going to, oh, you're going to love this Solterra. Don't look across the street at the <laughs> yeah. Toyota company uh, that is selling a similar looking, but not the same car. Isn't Subaru's motto like love is a Subaru? It's what makes a Subaru, Subaru. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yes, it's what makes a Subaru, Subaru. This is <laughs> what makes it's a what makes a Subaru Toyota. What the heck? Crazy. So COP26, that's the annual UN climate change conference, just wrapped up in Glasgow. Now, I tried to stay positive. It's a conference about how to save the planet, after all. But what came out of this year's conference was just more of the same. Bunch of politicians and corporate leaders greenwashing and blah, blah, blahing, as Greta Thunberg put it, about meaningless goals. One such goal was that some nations and automakers agreed to a target of 100% zero emission, new cars and van sales, Globally, by 2040. Okay, problem number one, 2040. Really? 19 years from now, are you kidding me? The science shows that we're already past the climate tipping point. Yeah, so what's another 19 years, right? Number two, target, 
I mean, it's not even written in stone. This is just a wishy-washy target. Oh, hopefully we'll get there. That's where we're aiming. Number three, did the whole world sign on to this goal? No. Ford, GM, BYD, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Jaguar Land Rover did. But Good job! You know who, you know who didn't? Woo! Toyota didn't. Volkswagen didn't. Hyundai didn't. Kia didn't. Renault Nissan didn't. BMW didn't. And whole countries didn't. Germany didn't. Japan didn't. China didn't. South Korea didn't. And U.S. didn't. So it's obvious that if we want to save the planet for our children and grandchildren, we are going to have to do it ourselves. Phasing out coal and fossil fuel subsidies is too little too late. We have already risen the temperature from pre-industrial ages to 1.2 Celsius. And with current policies, we are set to be 2.7 Celsius by 2100. So I'm sick and tired of hearing net zero by 2040, net zero by 2050. It's a bunch of bull****. I'm sick and tired of it. So maybe just stop the conferences and put the energy into actually doing something about it. Because net zero by whenever means that we're going to keep plowing forward. And then at the last second, we're going to go, which we aren't going to do, by the way. But even if we do. Oh, and that's if the brakes work. That's if the brake. Yeah, Yeah. that's if everything works well. Also, that means you're putting on more speed into the vehicle. So when you have to brake, you have to brake even harder. And it just means that instead of immediately starting to reduce emissions. And instead of giving ourselves a little bit of a buffer, we are essentially doing like a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket landing, except with the whole Earth on it. And if you're coming down just a little bit too fast, kaboom, it's all over. Like, I I don't think that people just kind of really understand that point. Yeah, but you know what? Let's talk about more in Patreon bonus stories because I got some things I want to say. All right. So another proof here that we're not Tesla fanboys every time. Uh, Our buddy Fabrizio has had a problem with his Model Y and uh, we showed you it a few weeks ago. He's got a continuation of what's going on with the problem. So Fabrizio, take it away. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Fabrizio here with an update about the uh, Model Y humming issue. I told you about my first video a few months ago. It looks like the, the problem is pretty massive. And I got a dozen and dozen of contacts on my website, modelyissue.com. And uh, it looks like this problem affects all the new Model Ys and Model 3s in a random fashion. So you may be lucky and get a quiet one, or you you may be like myself, they're going to get a noisy one. So in my case, after my long insistence with my service center, they have replaced the water pumps of the cooling system. So the problem has been reduced, but it's still there. So it's not completely fixed. And that's that's the main issue with this problem, that Tesla has no idea how to fix it. So I got a report from people having different kind of experiences with their service centers. Some people have been lucky and uh, they replaced completely the, the whole super manifold uh, cooling system and that fixed the problem completely. Other people, just like me, had the water pumps and it was a sort of a hit or miss. And other people, instead, I mean, most people had the complete denial of the problem. Um, and uh, and that's that's a big, big, bad issue. If you think about it, if you are a first-time Tesla owner, you go to your service center and you have been told that this, the noise is completely normal and you need to get used to it because I heard people that I've been told that. Um, you know, that's terrible because not only you disappoint the user, but you make Tesla appear cheap. And uh, and so that, that's why I'm building this petition uh, on my website, modelyissue.com. We have almost reached 100 people. 
Um, and we have gotten more than 100 people on the change.org website. And the petition is going to ask Tesla to open an investigation into this issue in order to, to establish exactly what is causing it so that the service centers know what to do to fix the problem once and for all. Um, so if any attorney is watching this video and is willing to help us or if anybody knows any attorney that could help us to write the perfect petition, please get in touch with me at modelyissue.com. Just fill the form and, and that will be really appreciated. For those of you who are like, what humming noise, you know, oh, Tesla owners, they'll complain about anything. Here is the noise. I know a lot of you are like, you Tesla owners, I mean, boy, you can't have little noise in your car. I, I get Fabrizio's point. There's a problem and he wants it addressed. And instead of Tesla, again, like we talked about in an earlier story saying, you're right, there's a problem. Let's figure it out together. That would go a long way. Instead of doing that, many service centers are going, problem? There's no problem. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a problem. Let's deal with it correctly, Tesla. And that's, again, why I get so frustrated with Tesla service. It's because depending on where you bring it, depending on who you talk to, you get different answers. There's obviously something going on here. For Tesla's own sake, we should solve this problem because who knows what that sound means? Does it mean that there's going to be a lot of these pumps failing soon? It could. So let's deal with it. And let's not just do the old, well, I don't think there's a problem. Go away. Because there's... There's a reason why Tesla has been so successful. A, its cars have been amazing. And having amazing cars means that people want to share their experience. Yeah. And if your car is making a little kind of a sound, that means that you don't really want to take your coworkers out to lunch in it because you're going to feel a little embarrassed. You're yeah. going to go, uh, you know, because they might ask. They may be like, oh, so what's that sound? Is yeah, that the, I thought the car was perfectly silent. Is that the electrical silent. engine? And right. you're going to have to go, no, that's some pump. That they didn't isolate properly. And Fabrizio pointed out a bunch of people who've been in contact with him now who've said they're going to change brands because of this. And that's sad. It shouldn't be that way. All because Tesla service isn't doing its job properly. For something that I'm sure costs maybe, I don't know, $1,000 in time and parts and labor, um, it, it could just be addressed. It could be solved. It could go away. And these owners, instead of being annoyed at Tesla, instead of leaving Tesla as a brand and probably spouting off a whole bunch of angry stuff about it, they could be going, wow, Tesla solved my problem. That's great. Now I can take my car, take my coworkers to lunch in it, and then punch it. And everyone's going to go, wow, I want one of those cars. Exactly. Isn't that what we want, Tesla? Shouldn't the service department basically be part of the sales department? Shouldn't you be selling the car based on how awesome it is? And anytime there's a problem like this with people's cars, they don't want to show them off. That's just human nature. Right. So after 199 days in space, the longest duration mission up for a U.S. spacecraft Dragon and Crew 2 astronauts Shane Kimbrough, Megan MacArthur, Akihiko Hoshide, and Thomas Pisquet returned to Earth splashing down off the coast of Pensacola, Florida at 10.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on November 8th. Then less than 48 hours later, Crew 3 astronauts Raja Shari, Thomas Marshburn, Kayla Barron, and Matthias Maurer lifted off from Launch Complex 39A on November 10th, arriving at the International Space Station the following day. Despite its name, Crew-3 marks the fifth successful flight of SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule launched from a Falcon 9 rocket. Because, of course, there was Bob and Doug, mm -hmm. um, which was like the trial mm -hmm. <laughs> version of it. Um, and then we also had the inspiration for Crew. So this is the fifth launch of 
a SpaceX rocket with people inside. Funny how little press coverage this gets in the mass media. I know. And then not to be outdone, Starship conducted a static fire test on November 12th. Now, this could be the very first Starship to launch into orbit in the coming weeks or months. The date of Starship's inaugural orbit test is dependent on FAA's environmental assessment of the Starbase orbital launch site. Remember, you guys can help give some feedback as to whether the FAA gives approval. Yeah, so they're, you know, still writing up their report, and that's going to determine, I guess, when SpaceX can launch, uh, hopefully, SN20 around the world in a test of Starship's capabilities. So exciting. That could be so exciting. I don't know if you want to call this a story or just a uh, public service announcement, but I don't think this is well known, so we're going to talk about it. Um, you can get these at-home COVID tests. You can pick up a box of two tests like this for around 15 bucks. They take about 15 minutes to do, and you don't even have to stick anything up your nose. You just swab your nostrils. Yeah, we're not being paid to say this or anything. We just so happen to have a platform where we reach thousands of people, and we care about you all. And we know that this could save your family from worry or worse. Now, I'd like to point out that these tests are not as accurate as a PCR test, the kind that you usually have to drive to a testing site to get. However, these are far more convenient. In some cases, they're cheaper um, and they can be done in your driveway in 15 minutes. Now, we've used them multiple times and they've given us peace of mind. For example, Jesse had a cold a few weeks ago. Right. I came over. I grabbed a test. I took it in the driveway without talking, seeing anyone negative. Then I could feel less stressed when I had to drive 45 minutes away to get a PCR test to know for sure. And two weeks ago, a friend of mine lost his father to COVID-19. He was 47. Now, his family of five will be spending Thanksgiving without him. So please, you have time to order tests now before the holidays. And, you know, just when everyone shows up, just give them the quick test. And then you'll feel so much better sitting down to Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, whatever holiday you celebrate. From our family to yours, we love you, stay safe, get tested, and vaccinated. All right, it's time for Into the Future. And this was tweeted out by Science Magazine the other day. From carbon dioxide to starch, no plants required. Researchers have developed a novel cell-free method of synthesizing starch from CO2 and hydrogen using a combination of chemical catalysts and a carefully selected set of enzymes in a cell-free approach. Okay, so what are you talking about? All right. Well, according to David Freeberg, who did some back of the napkin math, he's a guy I admire very much, you could scale this up. So he basically said you could take some tanks that are, you know, eight feet wide by 40 feet high. Um, if you put enough of these tanks, it would take millions of them in an area 25 miles by 25 miles. You would take some water, a power source, let's say solar, um, and then you would make hydrogen. You then suck CO2 out of the atmosphere. And what do you get? More starch than is produced by 42 American corn belts. And the best part, you now have sucked all the CO2 that humankind makes every year out of the atmosphere. So you get humankind to carbon neutral and you get starch. Now, what is starch? Basically a sugar. You can use it to make bioplastics. You can use it to make food. Um, and this would basically solve a whole bunch of problems in one. Okay. So let's go. Let's do it. Like, well, yeah. I mean, David is the founder of the Production Board. It's a company that starts and invests in companies that are solving world problems. Um, and this is sounds like a world problem. So I'm hoping that David and others will start to research this because it doesn't take much to prove this technology out. And just to point out, this enzyme that these Chinese researchers figured out is 10 times more effective at making starch than corn plants are. That's making basically a corn plant that's 10x, like a 10x corn plant. <laughs> like a 
Chad corn plant. <laughs> but I mean, of course, the, these Chinese researchers own the patents. No, this is open source. So like any of us right now, yeah, any of us could follow their research and repeat it. My guess is that there are probably enzymes out there that are even better than 10x. And this is just like showing you that it can be done. And if that's the case, then it'll take less energy to do this and fewer tanks and less fewer tanks, space. Less space we exactly. Stop pumping CO2 into the atmosphere, even less of it, all of that. Right. Uh, this is not to say that there's a magic bullet and we're all going to be saved. It's just to say that we are figuring out ways to solve problems right. and there are ways to do it. Because that would be, I mean, what we're talking about here would be very expensive. Oh, yeah. So, But but it's a thing. And if governments would start, to, I mean, look, if there was a carbon tax, we could actually start to build these out. Every right. bit of carbon tax could go into building something like this that would actually get us to neutral. And you'd be disincentivizing the burning of the exactly. carbon dioxide or the of stuff that makes well, carbon dioxide and, in the atmosphere. And what I love about this is instead of just at the end of the day being like, well, we, we stored some carbon and that's it. We actually have the starch, which is what we spend. Look, the Corn Belt, its only job is to make this starch. And I mean, if you think about it, uh, it creates a lot of CO2 to get the corn. Right. It's, it's a lot to think about there. And uh, I think we're going to be talking about it more in the weeks to come. Yeah. All right. It's time for Going Green. And we are sponsored by EcoWare, which in just in time for the holidays, we have all of your gift needs. I mean, check this out, Jesse. We got Starman Puzzle. Ooh. We got pajamas. Ooh. We got wrapping paper. Ooh. We got Elon's Musk. Oh, it's a Get candle. It. It's a candle. Nice. Uh, ornaments. And if you use our code holiday season, you get 15% off. And thanks to our friends at Eden Reforestation Project. Now, Eden is creating livelihoods for millions of people living in extreme poverty by empowering them to restore and protect forests on a massive scale. They don't just plant trees and leave. They create lasting employment. So head on over to EcoWare. And I want to show you a new product that is there, but I'll let Randy tell it. Hello, Zach, Jesse and viewers. Hope you're enjoying this extended fall. I have had my solar panels for a year now and have loved watching it produce power and help create my pottery. The only recommendation I have is that you never know when your neighbor is going to start a new hobby of collecting bird feeders. So make sure you include the uh, six inch mesh screen that goes around your panels to protect your investment. Also note that they want $2,000 for that. On a brighter note, I've been developing a new Tesla mug form that I am super excited about. I used a clay extruder and created a hexagonal die. And I'll extrude this hexagonal tube to create the handle for the new mug. The first thing I'll do is I'll cut out the shape uh, to fit the tube into the cup. And then I will score and slip it together to create uh, a tight fit and then I'll seal up uh, the cracks with a little bit of clay to give it strength. This process takes about a half hour and after it's complete I'll set it aside for a couple weeks to let it fully dry and then I can decorate it. Opening up the kiln is always a bit like opening up a gift. It's super exciting and in the end I think this mug is just fantastic. It's big, it's hefty, it's strong, and uh, it comes in cyber dad, cyber mom, cyber guy, cyber gal. And I can't wait to see this truck on the road. It's gonna be so cool. I will also restock the cyber mug if it sells out, so make sure to check back. I placed my order for my dream car, and I am looking for a little support. 
I have quite a few new and updated designs ready for you. And if you head over to EcoWare Collaborations Handmade, you can take advantage of the 15% off, which is super sweet. If you're looking for something different, you can check out my website at randyshoot.com or you can follow me on Instagram. Thanks for all your support. And now you know. Cool. Cyber mug. Cyber mug, dude. Ooh. Is that cool or what? I, I, well, I don't know how long they're going to last because, you know, he can't make huge batches here. So head on over to EcoWare and see if you can get one because, I mean, we love Randy's mugs. Yeah. Solar powered. All right. It's time for Sunspots. Environment America and the Frontier Group just published a new report called Renewables on the Rise 2021, and they're showing the rapid growth of renewables and EVs. This report is packed with interesting and positive stats. Uh, We'll put the link down below if you'd like to read all 50 pages, but here are some key takeaways. Yeah, between 2011 and 2020, get this, U.S. wind, solar, and geothermal generation grew at an annual rate of 15%. If those forms of renewable generation were to continue to grow by 15% a year, Wind, solar, and geothermal would produce enough electricity to meet all of our current electricity needs by 2035. So what I like about that is, it's not like, and if we can grow it to a 9,000% a year, it's like if we just keep doing what we're doing, 2035, boom, done. So all those people out there are like, how would we you ever couldn't possibly do it? Do it. It's, impossible. it's impossible. They're wrong. Um, and yeah, 15% a year is not that much growth. No. Like we, I think we are already kind of ramping up yep. that number. So hopefully we can reach it a little sooner uh, just for everyone's sake. Well, yeah. I mean, America produces over 23 times as much solar power as it did in 2011, enough to power more than 12 million average American homes. And America has nearly tripled the amount of wind power it produces since 2011, enough to power over 31 million homes. And in 2020, the U.S. had over 1.7 gigawatts of battery storage capacity. America's battery storage capacity grew more than 18 times from 2011 to 2020 and grew by 67% in 2020 alone. So I think that it's important for all of us to stay positive and realize that we can make a difference. And speaking of changes that we can make, take a look at this chart. Green is how much solar each state had in 2011. Blue is how much solar these top 10 states have today. How did this happen? It's because we demanded it. So, I mean, you can't even see the green in most of these uh, states. No. I mean, like even Massachusetts, which is like mm, very green. Uh, 2011, you can't even see it on the graph. Yeah, this all happened in the past 10 years. And you can help create that solar demand. Uh, go talk to our buddies over at Energy Pal. They are the solar and battery experts that help homeowners go solar for less. And you know what? They'll give you all that advice for free because the money comes out of the solar installers. So they'll do all that work for you. And you won't have to pay him a thing. So head over to energypal.com slash now you know and let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. And who do we got this week? Well, we asked our viewers in the UK to test out the Chargy wireless charging in Marlowe, Buckinghamshire with the Renault Zoe wireless charging pilot program where you can rent a Zoe for a few pounds for the day. Jim did just that and he sent us this video. Let's see how the pilot went for him. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's Jim here. Um, I'm in Marlowe in England um, in Buckinghamshire. Uh, and I'm at the charging spot, the new induction charging point uh, for the Renault Zoe, which is on a trial. So this is a trial that's been run by the Open University, a company called Charge.gy, that's C-H-A-R dot G-Y. If anybody wants to Google that, they get all the information. Um, this trial is to trial the on-street residential induction charging 
um, and this is the very first one. They're going to have quite a few of them in Buckinghamshire. Um, it's, uh, you might have seen they have the Renault Zoe for rent. You can rent it for £1 per hour or £5 per 24-hour period. Here is the Renault Zoe. I parked it just away from the charging spot. So you can see the two connectors there. You can see that you bring your car up until it's um, level with this, uh, until your wheels bump against this. That allows these two um, charging points to be in the right position under your car. Now this car is not built by Renault as an induction charging car. There's a lot of aftermarket work done on this. There's a plate underneath that I had a look at un underneath yesterday. Um, and in the trunk, in the boot, um, there's quite a lot of electronic equipment as well in there to allow this to happen. So it's purely a trial. Um, I'm going to now drive the car up onto the charging point and just see it charging. And I'll come back to you then. Stand by. So here I am inside the car. As you can see, there's a sign out there that tells you to line up the driver, me, and the steering wheel with that arrow. And here I am lined up exactly right. And I have no idea what's going on. I have followed the instructions to open the charging door in the front of the car. I'm sure that's some indicator that charging is required. And a green light is on on this little wireless device here, which is communicating somewhere to say that I am stopped. Engine is off. They call it an engine, believe it or not. Um, and that charging is required, but yet nothing is happening. I've actually reversed out, closed the charging door, reversed out, uh, lined her up better, an inch this way or an inch that way. And so far, nothing. Well, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I could not get the car to charge, or at least there was no indication that it's charging. It's there now, parked up correctly. And that ends my um, hire. I suppose I'll review it and just tell it that I didn't understand it. Anyway, Zach and Jesse, I hope you enjoyed that. Marlow, Buckinghamshire. Renault Zoe, inductive charging. Now you know. Ooh, so strike one for the chargey wireless charger. But thank you, Jim. I mean, for the review, that's what we need. Real life feedback. Many technologies sound really great in press releases. And we get this all the time. People are like, tell us about wireless charging more, guys. The reason we haven't as much is because of this. This is the feedback we've been getting a lot from people where it's like, in theory, it works great. Mm -hmm. But in practice, yeah, I mean, Jim couldn't get it to start charging. I'm um, not saying it doesn't work at all. I'm just saying it, so far we've seen that it's expensive. It's pretty inefficient. And it's like Jim could have just <laughs> plugged in. Right. But thank you, Jim. That was awesome. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We've got the uh, Tesla model plaid doing pretty well versus some other ice cars. Mm -hmm. We're talking about why COP26 failed. Uh, the little French town that could. <laughs> and full self-driving trucks. And be careful who you elect. Well, a lot of uh, Patreon bonus stories this week. So you can head over to patreon.com slash now you know. Sign up for just a dollar a month and you get access to Patreon bonus stories every week. Hey, everybody, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our shout outs. These are the special people that support us at $5 or more. Make this show possible. They get their names up in the end credits. Who do we got this week? Got Lance Ford. Honey Badger Offroad. Eric Yip. Stian Antonson. Brian Fody. Todd Cordekamp. Zach McGee. Sean Dezahad. Tyler Fernandez. David Miranda. Dean Jacobs. Ayal Yerman. Michael J. Cronin. Kieran Andrews. Robert Thompson. Martin Bach. Sean Nix. Ian Kirby, Michael James Hoskin, 
Jennifer Olson, Brad L., Eric Mulder, George Gorham, and Donald Boyd. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. And if you're waiting for your shout out, uh, don't worry. We have a quite a bit of a backlog, but you're you're on the list if you signed up for it. All right, it's time for Elon's tweets of the week. And Sam Chorus from ARK Invest said, this is from a 2014 paper. LFP battery cells were priced above NMC. Battery volume went to NMC. Now the opposite is true. And it wouldn't be surprising to see incremental volume come from LFP. Elon says, really just comes down to iron cathode for medium range vehicles and stationary storage versus nickel cathode for long range vehicles. Eric Berger tweeted out, so yeah, NASA, this is exactly how you amp up public interest in what you're doing. Publish ground tracks and expected viewing areas next time, please. The Coast Guard will handle the boats. Elon says, Dragon enters like a shooting star. It's, I mean, how great is it that people can just look up in the sky and see something amazing that's going to inspire them for the rest of their lives? Exactly. International Space Station tweeted out, These epic photos show the SpaceX Crew Dragon Endeavor departing the station on Monday to return four commercial crew astronauts to Earth. Elon says, Still blows my mind that this is real. And I put that as my phone wallpaper because that's amazing. <laughs> um, Let's remember this. Whole Mars Catalog tweeted out, In June 29 of 2010, Elon Musk IPO'd Tesla at a split adjusted price of $3.40 a share. And before we get to his response, I just want to play this little bit of video clip I found where Jim Cramer says what? Everybody's talking about one of the most hyped IPOs in recent memory, Tesla Motors. It, it sold 1,063 cars. I myself have sold 1,063 cars. You don't want to own this stock. You shouldn't even rent the darn thing. No, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to own that. <laughs> you wouldn't want to own that. Because why would you want to make 240X? That's why would you? dumb. And Elon said, 11 lifetimes ago. <laughs> Lex Friedman said, zero is the most important number ever invented in mathematics. It enables algebra and calculus and thus physics, computing and engineering. Also, philosophically, it helps us come to grips with the idea of nothingness. Elon says, nothing matters. Zero is a cool concept. Elon then tweeted out, I have all their albums. Sometimes they're a little two-dimensional. Now, I know we're dating ourselves here, but I know what this is referring to. Do you? Is it Wham? <laughs> no, it was the movie know. Superman. These are the arch villains. Oh, okay. The Christopher Reeves Superman. Okay. No, I kind of, I kind of remember that. Elon and I are the same age. We get the same jokes. <laughs> uh, SpaceX tweeted out Jupiter, Saturn, the Moon, and Venus above Falcon and Dragon tonight. Now that's a good wallpaper. Massimo said, "If you took the amount of sunlight that hits the Earth in one second and converted it into matter, how much would it weigh? The mass captured as sunlight per second is two kilograms. Humankind is only using about one ten thousandth of that amount for its total energy consumption." Elon says, "And that's a very tiny fraction of the roughly four megatons of mass that the sun converts to energy every second." Interestingly, however, average power density of the sun is comparable to a compost heap. Humans are more power dense than the sun. It is just very, very big. That's so, a really good way to think about it. I mean, he just dissed the sun there. <laughs> he called it a <laughs> pile of crap. Massimo went on to say the story of Manish Sethi, a computer programmer who hired a woman to slap him in the face every time he used Facebook, resulting in massive productivity increase. And Elon posted two fire emojis. And here she is doing her job. Yeah, Manish, what are you doing? Because of what? Those deals private That would be a cool job. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, Merritt said, news, 
Fed charges 16th person in UAW corruption probe following internal union audit. So this, if you don't know, is Tim Edmonds, a former UAW official at Local 412 in Warren, Michigan. And this is a picture of him while he was on the casino floor gambling. And guess what money he's gambling? Um, I don't know. Uh, his tooth fairy collection of, of cash? No, that's uh, workers' hard-earned dues. He embezzled $2 million from the union, which he spent on gambling, high-end cars, luxury clothes, and firearms. Elon tweeted the new UAW slogan, fighting for the right to steal money from workers. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, and he was the 16th person charged, by the way. Uh, Pernay said the new Starlink terminal looks beautiful. Elon says pattern on the Starlink router is orbital transfer ellipse from Mars to Earth. Tesla Silicon Valley Club said 15 years ago, Elon spoke at the International Mars Society Convention, and I think even he couldn't imagine where SpaceX would be today. Elon says ancient times. Alex Thompson says, Elon, will FSD beta go to 98s tonight? Elon says, hoping to start release to 98 scores with version 10.5 in about 10 days. So that would be November 21st. Tesla <sighs> Silicon Valley Club said um, FSD beta for Canada? Elon says, no guarantees, but maybe next month requires a lot of incremental testing and code tweaks for different road systems in Canada. Two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Elon then tweeted this out. That would make a good T-shirt. And then Bernie Sanders said, we must demand that the extremely wealthy pay the fair share, period. <laughs> Elon says, keep forgetting that you're still alive. Wow. Uh, Elon says, want me to sell more stock, Bernie? Just say the word. So Ooh, he's this picking is, on the sun. He's picking on Bernie. I mean, he's saying, basically, you want me to pay more taxes? I will pay more taxes. Right. It's coming up. W wow. Wow. Um, and then we put out a poll. Do you think Rivian is worth $100 billion? And most Whoa, overwhelming. People, most people <laughs> said no. <laughs> All right. It's time for Community Mail Time. And uh, remember, send in your stories to hello at now you know channel.com. Now, uh, what is this? So one of our investor club members, uh, their friend works at the Fremont factory in the assembly line. She's a Model 3 long range. And if you own a Tesla, I didn't know this, they will valet park and supercharge your car once you arrive at the factory all for free. So you don't have to park like a mile away and take the shuttle bus to go to work. And what is this about like a giveaway? So this was a text from the person it says also i just wanted to add that today my coworker won a free model 3 from tesla uh it was so crazy they had a raffle for everyone who had perfect attendance for one month and, and he won tesla is just an amazing company so what? apparently if you show up to work every day you, you get entered in a contest for a free car <laughs> sounds, what a perk sounds pretty good man Daniel in the UK shared the story about how his Hertfordshire County Council is trialing two all-electric work crews doing public works project around the county. They're using an all-electric backhoe, electric vans, electric power tools. Everything is nice and quiet and there are no fumes. Now, according to reports we've seen, everyone from the residents to the workers to the penny counters are very happy. So share the story with your locality. And thank you, Daniel, for sharing this with us. We'll put that on the Clips channel, by the way, because that's freaking awesome. So Alex spotted some R1T. That's my R1T. It's coming here. It's heading this way finally. No, no. What, what do you mean no? Alex said that he spotted them westbound on the Ohio Turnpike. We are east. Sorry. Uh, Alex had to speed up in his long range Model Y to catch them, but he says that they look real sharp in person. Thanks. Now, I will say Ohio is east of Illinois. So maybe they were going to send them to us. And then they changed and their then minds. They changed their minds. They might be <laughs> mad at us. 
Terry sent us this photo of his gold-wrapped Model X spotted at the Kettleman City Lounge. Wow. Wow. I don't know if I'd have the guts to drive that. That is gold. Is that legal? I mean, wouldn't you blind other drivers? Like, that's a... Wow, in the sun. And then Jeff sent us this photo of a pink Model Y in Fresno, California. Sammy sent us this uh, Lucid sign that changed overnight. It did say, opening fall of 2021. And then the next day it said, opening early 2022. So see, (laughs) even opening stores on time is tough. So Sean shared us this video of a realistic humanoid looking robot arm and hand and asked if we think that Tesla will go this route or use uh, like a specialized gripper hand. I mean, we caught a glimpse of the Tesla bot hand. Well, I think, number one, it's going to go through a lot of iterations. So I mm-hmm. think no matter what we see first, it's going to change. But number two, I think there will be specialized attachments that it can change out of for different jobs. I mean, imagine if we could do that as humans. Like now we pick up tools and we operate them with our hands and our fingers. But if you could replace your hand with a screw gun, like yeah, or an egg beater, I mean, that would be even more efficient. So go, go gadget hands. Yeah. Bill from Queensland, Australia spotted this petrol station sign in Toowoomba. What? Are those prices per liter? Wow, that is expensive. Yeah, but I don't think that's why he sent us the picture. Look look a bit harder. Um, so in addition to the regular gas prices, look down the bottom. The sign also has posted the electric price. Hmm. Now, Bill thinks we shouldn't worry about most EV charging networks sucking because he thinks that the market will take care of it. I hope you're right, Bill, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> All right, time for supercharge reviews. I do want to point out that the 30,000th supercharger stall was installed this week and that Hollywood SX on Reddit spotted a Starlink at the Lake City, Florida supercharger. So is this going to be a trend? Ooh, you just pop in this. Oh, that's so smart. I love that. Yeah. So let's see what we got for new superchargers sent in this week. Hi, this is Sean coming to you from Comfort Inn and Suites in Fillmore, Utah. At a great location right off of the freeway, Fillmore. There you can see the freeway. And they have two uh, 40 amp destination chargers, Tesla chargers. And it's working great. You just have to ask them to turn on the, the power for you when you get here. For amenities, they're right next door to an iceberg ice cream shop. Across the street is a Maverick with a convenience store and I believe there's a pizza pizza thing inside. And right outside the parking lot there's a Conoco with a Burger King. And great views all the way around. I would rate this a 9 out of 10. Hey everyone, Michael here from Wisconsin at the Mackinac City, Michigan Supercharger. It's an eight stall, 250 kilowatt charger at the gateway to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, I've got my Model 3 charging here. There's not a whole lot around. Um, It's put in kind of a hotel district which never makes sense to me for superchargers. 250 kilowatts, you don't need to sleep to charge people. (laughs) But there is a brewery across the street that also has food from what I understand. And then great views of the lake. Um, There's also a ferry that goes to Mackinac Island. Um, So good walking around. There is a brewery and food, and of course facilities at the hotels and the brewery. So I'm gonna give this an eight out of 10. I forgot to mention another important aspect of this supercharger. If you look at the map, um, this would be Canada up there. (laughs) 
So we're at the northern edge of, of mainland Michigan and we don't have anything in the upper peninsula. So if you're going to try to get west from here, this supercharger is crucial. It is 255 miles to the Green Bay supercharger. Um, a full charge here will get you there no problem. Uh, happy to have it. Almost worth another point. <laughs> now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, Morgan here at Mission Hill Winery Destination Charger. It's uh, version two. There's only a couple stalls, so uh, you have to get lucky to get here. But, uh, you know, it is convenient to have it here. And uh, here we are with the, uh, the view from the parking lot, pretty amazing. And this winery is uh, really good. Uh, lots of uh, restaurant uh, options there. There's a couple restaurants and of course the winery, tasting room and so forth and beautiful grounds to walk around. Just a great place if you're gonna be here for a while, do a little level two charging and uh, enjoy a nice lunch. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Eric at the Kinston, North Carolina Supercharger, right off of Highway 70 in the Smithfields Barbecue parking lot. It's an eight stall. There's two stalls that you can pull in. There's also a Chick-fil-A right next to Smithfields and a Lowe's. I'd give this location a nine out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for everyone who sends in those superchargers. I really appreciate seeing other parts of the world, especially when uh, I don't get to travel as much as I'd like to. And it's like, oh, it's it's as if I was there. Uh, but there are new superchargers in the world. So if you're worried, if like, uh oh, <laughs> how would I possibly do a supercharger review? There, we still have lots of supercharger reviews. And you by can the way. also repeat, you know, you can update us on, yeah, on one. Things so. change. Um, but yeah, what do we got for new ones? We got new ones. Number 104 in Germany, the 12 stall version 3 in Troisdorf, Germany. Number 98 in France, the 12 stall version 3 in Palais 2, France. Number 248 in California is the 12 stall version 3 in San Diego at Scripps Poway Parkway in California. Eight stall version 3 in Aberdeen at Churchville Road in Maryland. Number 133 in Canada is the 8-stall version 3 in Osoyoos, British Columbia. Number 29 in Colorado is the 8-stall version 3 in Mountain Village on Mountain Village Boulevard in Colorado. Number 84 in Norway, also number 709 in Europe, is the 8-stall version 3 in Treyungen, Norway. Number 3 in Singapore, the 3-stall version 3 at Katong V, Singapore. Number 36 in Taiwan is the 6-stall version 3 in Taichung at Zuji in Taiwan. Number 28 in Maryland is the 8-stall version 3 in Abingdon, Maryland. Number 19 in Ohio is the 8-stall version 3 in Findlay, Ohio. Number 23 in Indiana, the 8-stall version 3 in Vetersburg, Indiana. Number 19 in Minnesota, 1,186 in the USA and 3,105 in the world is the 12-stall version 3 in St. Paul, Minnesota. Woo! I love big weeks of, of supercharger yeah. installs. All right, it's time for our Patreon giveaway. You can get to this big barrel of fun by uh, joining us on Patreon. The more you support us, the more chances you have to win. We're going to be giving away a $30 gift card to EcoWare. And remember that we carbon offset everything. 
Yes. Uh, Who's our winner? Our winner is Chris Kimber. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, Yeah, you're going to feel good wearing whatever you pick there. If you pick a T-shirt or something, because we completely offset the purchase, the wearing, the shipping, the production, the life cycle. The the life cycle includes you washing it. So we've carbon offset as much as we possibly could. And then we plant the 10 trees on top of that. And we help cap a well with the Well Done Foundation. Um, And, and, you know, I do want to point out a lot of people like, yeah, you plant trees. Oh, right. And then they just cut them down after they plant them. No, we work with the Eden Reforestation Project, so they actually take a lot of time to set up work with people that are going to care for the trees, that make money off the trees, so they have every incentive to keep them alive, and they're in places where they need the trees. And so this is a great, I mean, it took us years to find these people Mm -hmm. that are doing this amazing work. So you can really feel good about buying your product because we really are making it carbon negative. And if you want, we have all the designs on multiple different kinds of shirts. So if you want a 100% organic cotton shirt, you can get that. If you want a recycled shirt, basically made out of recycled fabric, you can also get one of those. So we're really trying to do the best we can um, and also give you a nice uh, conversation starter, something that's going to get people to go like, what's your shirt about? And then you can go, well, let me tell you about what's up on my shirt. I'm going to tell you all about the Gigafact. Because, you know, it's the holidays and a lot of us have to do secret Santas and other things. And like we have to get gifts for Larry, even though we don't want to. Um, Here's your chance to do something that will actually be a good gift. I mean, like, you know, for instance, maybe Larry needs a cell phone case. You can get him a cell phone case that's actually sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so there's something to talk about there. It actually gets Larry a little further along towards getting an EV or solar. I'm not picking on Larry, by the way. (laughs) And uh, I just want to thank all of our wonderful Patreon patrons who help support this show and make it possible for you to watch it every week. If they didn't exist, if if we didn't have this support, we wouldn't uh, exist. uh, This show could not happen. Um, There's just not enough YouTube views generated by uh, the average Tesla Time News and And uh, that would be it. And did you notice this week? You can't see any number next to the dislike button down there. Oh, is that a thing now? Yeah, YouTube did that thing where they wanted to hide it. But it doesn't matter. Hit the like button part. That'll help share this video with more people. And you can see the number change. Exactly. That makes you feel good, right? Because no one hits the dislike button at all. Uh, I I don't. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, You're going to try and make this more like Facebook? It's fine. Really? It's fine. It's not fine. It's whatever. It's not fine. Just, I mean, I, I only wanted you to like the video anyway, I'll be honest. Just because I, then it goes into the algorithm. Yeah, well, but that's actually a powerful thing. Because sharing this video might mean that someone who's never heard of EVs and Tesla will hear of them. And that's how we move this forward. Right. So hitting that button actually does more than just for our vanity. It actually helps share the video. Exactly. So thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. know. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.